0: and uh, pull them out and you can use them to follow along. I hope that what I talk about here will be a little bit uh, engaging for you today. Um, Parents, uh, so glad that you're here as well too. We know that sometimes showing up to uh, family Sunday or family worship can be uh, a little bit squirrely. We recognize that, you know, it's going to be a little bit more wiggly in here this morning a little bit more noisy um but uh, we see this as part of discipling our family so we do this from time to time if you're visiting with us i'm um, so glad that you're here this is not our typical sunday there's not always a tent on the stage but uh there is this morning um and we hope that you can uh, follow along with where where we're at and even if uh, you may have shown up here this morning so oh, great family sunday i'm not a uh Uh, I'm not married, um, or I was married, or uh, I'm uh, older, my kids are not here. Um, Like like I just prayed, we believe that we are one big family of God, and that there's something happens when we all come together and gather and just lift uh, our voices uh, to God together. So, um... You know, this summer, uh, my family went on a nice summer vacation. I'm sure you did. Uh, I know, kids, you're back to school now, right? Is that a good thing, being back to school? Uh, Parents, is that a good thing? Uh, Can I get an amen out there? Um, And so, but we had our family vacations, and I don't know where you went, but my family went up to uh, Portland, Oregon. Have you ever been up to Portland? There's a big mountain there called Mount Hood. And I think I brought, here's a picture of my family. We're kind of at the base of uh, Mount Hood by a lake there, very pretty. Now, if you were to uh, go about halfway up that mountain, you see kind of where yeah, right there, where that dot is. Uh, perfect. There is a place called Timberline Lodge, and it's actually a lodge that's at the Timberline, so it's a good name uh, to it. And my family you're able to drive up there. So my family drove up there. I got a couple more pictures of, of the view there. There's a nice lodge there. And then you can still look up and you can see uh, the peak. Of Mount Hood. Now, um, it's still a ways to get up there. I'm told that you can hike to the top of Mount Hood. You see, it's August, there's still snow there. Um, my family, we stayed at Timberline Lodge. Um, you know, but I did think, I wonder what it would be like to go up there to the top. Uh, and I say, that would probably take a lot of effort, a lot of work. Uh, there's no way that I would do that with my children. Um, and so we'll just stay at Timberline Lodge. Uh, Now, what I want to talk to us about this morning is knowing where we want to go and what it's going to take to get there. You see, when it comes to uh, discipleship, when it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to our spiritual life, I think sometimes we look at the peak and we look at the pinnacle and we say, yes, I would love to go and experience that. But I think I'll settle for here. It's a little bit more comfortable here. And you know what? This makes sense. I'll just stay here. But what we want to grasp, and here's our word for today. Kids, you may have learned that when you're in here, I try to give you a word that you can kind of uh, talk back to me and and be a part of it. Our word this morning is vision. Okay. The word this morning is vision, and here's what I want you to do, kids. On your clipboard, there's a place to count how many times I say the word vision, and I would actually like you to participate, and all of us can do this, uh, but when I say that word, I want you to respond by saying, amen. amen. Okay, exactly. Now, I know we like to be quiet in church, but hopefully we can be kind of that childlike-ness uh, this, this morning. And so, um, when I say the word vision, you respond, Amen. Okay, so God has a vision for our lives. Okay, he wants us to know that vision so that we can live that vision. Okay, so what does vision mean? Vision is, all right, you're still with me, good. It is a picture of the future that makes us excited. And wants us to to be there and go there. So if I were to picture being on the top of that Mount Hood, I may get excited about the accomplishment. I may get excited about the view that I would see. I might get excited about what I would experience at that point. But very often when we see a vision, we think a little bit about what it would take to get there. But what I want us to think about this morning is what is God's vision for you? What is God's vision for your family? If you were to think 10, 20 years from now, where would I like to look back and be? Now, we're all different ages here, so uh, maybe it's 5, maybe it's 10, 15 years. But if you were to look back, if you're a parent and you would look back and say, okay, when my kids are out of the house, what would I like to be able to say that it looks like? If you are a college student, you would say, I don't even have a relationship yet, but um, here's what I know my, uh, I would like my family to look like one day. Um, maybe uh, you're just starting out with a newborn. And you want to know how to get there. And parents, I want to encourage us to think about where do we want to be 10, 20 years from now. Kids, there's a spot on your clipboard. It comes down to this. Who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? What do you want to see? Now, in the busyness of life and the busyness, especially of parenting, we often don't think about uh, this very much. And we're just trying to survive that. In fact, you may say, hey, the vision for my day is that I would. Thank you. The vision for my day is just to survive, is just to get to bedtime, is just to get a nap this afternoon, because it took everything I could to get out to church this morning. Or maybe you're sitting here, and like I said, you're single, or you feel like maybe your family's behind you for one reason or another. But the reality of the grace that we have in God is that it is a new day, and He can restore the vision for your life and for your family. You're not done yet. That's our God of grace. And so I want you to think about that question a little bit. I'm not going to pretend that, hey, in two minutes you're going to get that. Uh, But I want you to think about that. Parents, I, I want you to go out this week and to find a little bit of time, just a little bit of time, to at least ponder the question, It's taken me and my wife a long time to consider this. At first, when we think about what God would have for his life, sometimes we come out with these lofty words. Like I would say to you, our vision for our kids is that they would be world-changing disciple-makers. That sounds awesome. That sounds great. But what, what does it actually mean? And so if I were to get into the Bible, maybe I'd say it means that when my kids are older, that they would love God, that they would love people, and that they would actually still love us. Um, If I were to break it down a little bit more even practical and say, when my kids are 18 years old, I hope and I pray that they still want to spend time with God. Not that they are great Bible students or uh, that they uh, have perfect church attendance, but that they want to truly spend time with God. I hope as a a pastor and my kids being pastor kids, I hope and pray that they want to spend time with the church because that's not a given. And so I pray that I would live my life as a pastor, that they would see the love of Jesus in me, and that we would live out this ministry together in a way that they love the church, not just now when they're 6 and 8 and 12 years old, but later on, that they want to find a church and be a part of God's plan in the church, and that they want to come back and spend time also with their mom and dad, that we would have such a relationship that that would happen. Now, I'm just processing through this a little bit, sharing with you as my wife and I, we continue to converse and think about that, but what is God's vision for you and your family? Parents, for your family, moms and dads, you're going to have to put in some work because these next years are going to be difficult and challenging to think about where we want to go and then how we're going to get there. And that's the next thing that I want to talk with you about. How is it that we get there? Maybe we decide we want to go for the mountain. We don't want to settle for just kind of a nice uh, church life. We don't just want to settle for survival. We don't want to go by what the culture says of, hey, if they are good students with a good-paying job and they just haven't ended up in jail, then they're okay. No, we want to strive for God's best. All that He has for us. And so there's a scripture that we look at quite a bit that's on the back of your clipboard. If you have your clipboard or in your Bible, it's in uh, the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 6. And uh, it's going to be on the screen here as well. And I'd actually love for us as one big family of God um, to read this scripture together. So if you will uh, read with me, I'll start us out, and then maybe I'll just uh, let you guys speak this out. So uh, let's read together, moms, dads, kids, everybody in this place. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep going. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall walk in the way when you lie down and when you rise. One more. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. Okay, now that's an Old Testament verse, but what does it mean for us? Um, Actually, that verse was given to God's people um, both then and now. They talk about God's plan for how the knowledge of Him, the knowledge of His love, the knowledge of His grace, the knowledge of His redemption, the knowledge of His forgiveness, the knowledge of of Him dealing with sin and freeing His people um, would come to pass from generation to generation. And I want us to see and understand this as uh, some concentric circles that begins right at the center. And where does it begin For, for you, parent, or for any of us as individuals? It begins with our own life. And it says, love the Lord your God. To know and to love God. That's where it begins. And what we need to understand is we can get ahead of this, and the plan can break down. But if we live out according to God's plan, it can't help but spread not only from us, but to our families and to the world around us. It begins with us, loving the Lord God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, now, I, I love what it said. No, God didn't give them a list of rules and say, follow all of these rules. No, he said, love me. Love me. Love me with all that you are. And so when we live out our life, what we look at is not just, okay, are we doing the right things? But are we falling more and more in love with God? And are we cultivating that love for our God? It begins with us. And then it continues outward to our children. Notice it says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. Now, what we always struggle with with our children is, is this, that we, um, we're busy and we are challenged in leading our children. How are we supposed to find time for this? But I love what it says here is that you are to teach them while you're on the road. You're to teach them when you sit in your house. Any of you drive your kids anywhere? Okay, we're on the road. Any of you sit on your couch? when you sit in your house, when you lie down at bedtime, and when you rise in the morning. Now, we want to learn to to not just add more stuff into our schedule that is beyond, but to follow God, to love him in such a way that it spills out to our kids as we live out life, as busy and as crazy as it can be. And yes, we may have to cut back some of that busyness, but it's more a heart orientation, And here's what I love, that when we as families live this out, this is what it then says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. That when as a family we live this out together, it just shines outward. That we can be the light of the world. That we are putting our love for God on our doorpost. Now, we don't need to necessarily come up with this wonderful sign that lets our neighbors know. No, we live this out as a family. And I don't know what your relationship with your neighbors are, but, but I have a neighbor next door where, I mean, our houses are pretty close. Um, they can hear stuff. Let me just say it that way. And this is the type of neighbor that likes to hear stuff and likes to tell you what she heard. And, uh, with four young kids and, uh, with, uh, my, my wife and I, and the ways that we have conversations can sometimes get loud and, uh, spill outward as well. And I'll tell you, if I'm trying to walk out of the house and to say, oh, here's the perfect pastor. if we have a little kind of joking relationship with her. She's like, oh, the pastor. And, uh. If I'm trying to put on perfection, then I'm, I'm done. The gospel is done for. She would say, why would I want that? But if we live according to the gospel, which says not one of us is righteous, not one of us is perfect, but we know somebody who is, and he died for our sins. And that is what we proclaim. And I love that I can have conversations with that neighbor and tell her in the midst of our brokenness, that the gospel can shine through. So when we live out this verse, the way that we live it, it flows from ourselves out into our family and beyond from there. And what I want to point us to today is just, I want to illustrate the path to the vision because the path to the vision is difficult, All right, you're still with me. It's difficult. It's challenging. And a lot of that has to do with the different stages of life that we lead through. There is no one package that I would give you today that answers every question of a parent's heart. How do I disciple my children at this point? No, it comes from first seeing where we want to go and then continually living that out in a commitment to it. So we have different stages of life here, Um, and beginning with the babies, okay, going on into toddler and preschool, um, then going on into elementary, then on to adolescent and teen years and beyond, right? And so here's what I want to do, just to illustrate that. I want to, let's see, I'm going to have one of our babies come up here. Um, I need, let's see, a, uh, a preschooler. Any, any uh, preschoolers out there that wants to come up on stage? Anybody? Anybody? Uh, right out there. Oh, you got one there? All right. Come on up here. All right. Let's see. Um, elementary, I'm actually going to go. Shane and Larkin, would you girls come up here? We can have multiple kids. Come on up here. Um, And then, let's see, I need, let's just jump straight ahead to teenager. Gabe, I'm going to ask you to come help me. Let's just line up here for a moment. Okay, now each stage that's coming up here on stage, we got the dads coming up, awesome. Um, Brings with it a challenge. So, uh, Andy, will you come to Pastor John? I actually love holding babies. Now, there's a challenge that comes with this stage, and I call that challenge sleep. It is. For, for those of you parents that have newborns right now and are, are hearing, oh, we need to be about discipleship, it is just tough. It is a tough stage of life. You know, one of the uh, best positions, I think, for discipling your newborn is just like this. And sometimes like this. Until she does this. And then you gotta get back up. But you wanna go to mom? Caitlin, you can come take Andy. I'm not afraid of a little crying, but. Oh, she's got my microphone there. <laughs> but seriously, uh, parents, when you can't, like, I remember a lot of stages just. Like this, the best thing that you can do for your newborn is pray over them while you're sitting in that chair. Read over them. And I I remember, too, just many times just drifting off to sleep like that. I remember singing over them, saying, be thou my vision. And, you know, they don't care what you sound like. It's awesome. And they don't care if you forget the words. But at that stage, we, that, that's what we, what we do. We're starting to pray over them, sing over them, speak truth over them. As they get a little bit older, look at these guys here. Okay, we got, got lots of them. All right. So and this is an amazing stage, right? But it's amazingly difficult as well, too. The challenge here, I think, really, honestly, is your sanity, right? Because they're exploring. They're all over the place. There's no more sitting in the chair, you're chasing them around uh, as you go. And sometimes it's just when they get to that place at night that they're lying down, you're praying over them again. But until then, it's slow down, allow them to explore and learn some new things. Now, these are my girls and they're twins. Um, they don't quite look like it, right? But you girls are twins and uh, At this stage, one of the things that I've learned so much, I'm a scientist, and so a little bit of a natural experiment for for these here. I know they came from the same womb at the same time. Um, I was there and saw that. But they are so different. And parents, what we need to understand is that, uh, as it says in Proverbs, train your children in the way that they should go. There's no cookie-cutter approach to discipleship. No, it is Step by step, knowing each one deeply, praying for them, and then teaching and helping them to learn. I say that the challenge here is training and teaching, because you need to invest, and sometimes you don't even know what you should invest, but to sit and to help them to learn the truths that God has for them. Thank you, girls. You can go ahead and sit down. And one was left. We'll get to you in a minute, Gabe. Um, But before we get there, there's a challenge of adolescence. Okay, I didn't have one of our adolescents come up here, but one of the challenges there, I think, are the emotions that start to come into the picture. And what we need to do is affirm them, love them, speak truth into their lives. Because we're going to get to the teen years. Right, Gabe? And what what I have for the teen years, you know, some of these are going to be some of the hardest years, you know. Um, This is kind of like... You know, buckle on and hold on, because here we're going. Now, the challenge for our teens is independence. Okay, they're learning their independence. So here is what um, I would suggest that you do. Um, Go ahead, you can just hold on to that. I won't tie it on to you. It's not a leash, don't worry. But as they are learning their independence, we are giving them some rope. As they build trust, we're giving them a little bit more. You know, there may be times when they kind of fight against coming with us on that journey. But what we need to do to our teens is to say, you know, I'm not letting you go. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, I'm not letting you go. You may pull, you may turn, but we're in it for the long haul. And to actually engage and to say, you may be dropping off a cliff, but I'm holding on to you. And to keep taking those steps and to engage and to just continually with love to say, I'm not letting go, no matter where you want to go. Thanks, Gabe. I'll let you go. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's the beyond years, right? And there's the beyond years when they grow and they actually do leave the house. They go off to college. Some of you, I didn't have one of our college students come up here, but you're somebody, son or daughter that has gone off and and uh, church, I would just say, uh, we recognize that we have lots of people, sons and daughters, that we've been entrusted with here. And um, we get to be their church. We get to love them. Back home, there's some moms and dads that are praying. Um, there may be some moms and dads that have some regrets. Maybe you're sitting here as a mom and dad, and your kid has grown and gone, but you're living here with some regret. That's when we pray That's when we reach out. We ask God, how can I continue to love my child even though I can't uh, tie a rope onto them? I can't put them in the playpen. I can't hold them as tightly as I used to. We pray and know that they have a heavenly father who just like he reached down and grabbed a hold of many of us when we were wandering, when we were astray, that he might do the same for them. So we have these challenges every step of the way. It's not easy. We will be tempted to settle and to not continue on where God has called us to go. Don't give up, parents. Don't give up. Now, I was going to give a little bit of time of discussion, but we're a little bit short. And so I want you to go home. If you have those clipboards, you know, parents... This is what we do, all of us. It's not just parents. What is the vision for your life, for your family, 5, 10, 15 years from now? What is it that you want to see? What is it that you want to pray about? Where is it that you want to go? And to look at what are the steps that will take for you to get there. I think one of the steps is to be together here as a church. God has called us, his family, to walk alongside one another. And the reason that there is a a tent on here today is not just for imagery, but it is an image that I want us to burn into our mind because along this journey that we are walking with our families, church is base camp. Church is base camp. I don't know if you've seen the movie Everest or if you're familiar with that, but before they ascend to the final peak, There's base camps along the way, and there's a base camp that provides support, that provides resources, that provides the equipment for them to make it to the top. And when those hikers are struggling, they can retreat back to base camp to get what they need, to get the rest, to get the refreshment, to get the resourcing. And the church really is base camp on this journey. We are not the primary disciple makers in your own kids' lives. God has given that to you. And as we struggle, and as we need to be equipped along the way, the church is here. And when you need to retreat, we are here. And that is what we plan to be, to be a guide alongside, to be a place where you can come back to, to be a place where we'll support you as you lead your kids on that journey. But you need to make that personal decision of where you're going to go. Then we'll be here. We want to be here. We, How do we do that? We support you. I, on Sunday mornings. When you come. This should be a place where. Normally we have our kids classrooms going. Where you get some time with Jesus. So that you can work on the you. Loving God. Loving Jesus. Being reminded that he loves you. We are going to equip you with resources. We have an incredible curriculum back there. That every week our kids get to bring home. And every week, whether they actually get it to you or not, parents, you can know this, that there is a worksheet that I think um, I have a picture of it up here. But here's the worksheet. So, for example, today the worksheet that goes home is this Old Testament story from 1 Kings. Elijah confronted evil Ahab. Maybe you know the story, maybe you don't. But what we want to do for you parents is to say, here it is. Here's the story. Here is the gospel Christ's connection. What's this mean in the big picture of who Jesus is? And then there's a few discussion starters. And we'll even help you with the answers for what those are. So you can take that, and that can be a tool that you can use to walk alongside your children, to equip them, particularly in that learning stage of the elementary time. There's lots of other ways that we want to support our parents and our families. We're not where we want to be yet. But here's where it comes down to church. Um, We need to decide who God wants us to be. We need to decide what our part in that is, not only as parents, but as a church. And we're doing this series, I'm In, because we're going to give you an opportunity to be in for families. Now, one thing that we need to know as we step forward and seek to, to grow in the vision... For family ministry, gotcha, Uh, the vision for family ministry that God has given us, Um, this is what you need to know, Um, this fall, uh, actually both of our kids' co-directors are stepping away from staff. Uh, for different reasons, but Robin Leach and Taylor, Blessum have been amazing over this past year, faithfully helping us uh, keep things organized and go together. They're both stepping away for different reasons uh, in the next couple weeks. Um, And so if we're going to do this, uh, it's going to come because we come together as a church to do this. It's not just a hero staff person that steps in. We're going to have to, as parents, step in and say, I'm in. We're going to have to, as college students, step in and say, I'm in. We're going to have to, as older mentors of moms and dads, say, I'm in. Um, So you should have received one of these cards when you came in. It says, I'm in, uh, I will help love kids and families at least once a month in some different ways. One of the things I love about this card is it gives some of the variety of ways you can serve. If you're a welcoming person and you'd rather greet parents, that's great. All different kinds of ways. Leading worship, cleaning toys, mentoring mom and dads. There's Sunday and there's midweek opportunities. A couple that weren't on here um, serving our middle schoolers in J12, serving our youth uh, in high school. Um Here's what I want to ask us to do, Church. Um, if you believe that God has a plan for families and you are a part of it, would you just stand right now? If you believe that God, our Heavenly Father, has a plan for families, um, men, women, children, parents, you don't have to stand up just because lots of other people are, but if, if you would say before God, God, you have a plan for families, and you want me to be part of it. Um, now, if you would hear what God wants to do, and if you would say, you know what, I'm, in, I'm part of this church, I see God's plan for families, and I'm part of it, would you put one hand up to God? Would you just raise your hand before God and say, I'm in, God. You have a plan for families. You want me to be part. Of it. I'm in. Now, with your other hand, you will take that card and you will um, pray about, ask God what he would have you be a part of that. There's something for everybody, every ability. If you want to be a part and you say, I'm in, um, there is a part for you to play. We're going to get ready. We're going to come take communion when we remember God's wonderful plan of salvation for each one of us, how much he loves us. We're going to come to the tables. We're going to bring our children. If you have this card ready to go, there are baskets there. And as you remember God's grace of how he reached out and saved you and believe that he wants to save some kids, not only in this church, but those that haven't come yet and one day will, um, you can drop that card in the basket there. You can also on the app fill out that you want to be a part of it. Uh, But church, we need to know the church that we want to see, the church that we will be, it depends on us. God, thank you for this morning. We stand before you, we raise hands before you um, because we know that you are a heavenly father and that you have a plan and a purpose for us. God, direct us, guide us. God, I pray for the parents in this room. I pray that you would be with the moms and dads, that you would give them a vision in their lives. God, I pray that you would help them to see where you want them to be, where you want them to lead their family, and then God, strengthen them wherever they are in those journeys. God, for those who have newborns, God, I pray pray that you would grant them moments with you, moments with their children. God, for those that are growing a little further, that you would give them wisdom and discernment for them to train up their kids. For those that are struggling with later years of children, God, that you would help them to love as you have loved us. God, you love wanderers. You love herders, You love the broken. I pray for all of those that are here today. I pray for those that maybe feel on a message about family like they missed the boat. Or that maybe they'll never find that someone or have that family. God, I just pray that you would help them to know that they're part of your family. You would encourage that you would comfort them. God, finally, I pray over our children. God, would you help them to follow you? Would you work in their hearts? And God, would you use us as your church? to be a part of your plan for their lives. We love you God, we serve you. We're in.